In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. It's a victory podcast. It's a victory win. We beat the Steelers. Come on, the Browns. This is what it's all about being a Browns fan. I'm not swearing anymore. The roller coaster. We're on a winning 10 6 train. Here we go. I'm here with Ian Wright. Ian, how are you? Oh, Paul, man, you know, the roller coaster of emotions as a Browns fan continues. Wow. And it's a shame we're talking about Miles Garrett, but let's break this down. Let's talk only about the game, first of all. I've got 15 minutes until I've got to run to the airport. How did you make it? Offense out of 10, what are you going to give it? You know, again, the Browns just have this dichotomy about their offense. I'm going to go six and a half. No halves. Six. I mean, it just... Six, Ian. Are you crazy? We won a game against the Steelers. They're great for me. They should have won 40 to 7. They had so many opportunities. We had turnovers left and right. Defense played out of their mind. And the offense looked so good sometimes and so shitty the other times. I'm like, what is going on? You know, Chubb didn't really run his, you know, he had 90 odd yards, but like there was a couple runs we were just like, okay, that was a good run. Like he didn't have any spark plays. The, the most exciting play, Beckham down at the goal line. I mean, Baker started the game so hot and then cooled off. I mean, he finished with just over a 50% accuracy. The best part I could say about the offense is no turnovers. So a six, the Steelers, as I said, they suck. They're not a very good team. Browns needed to get the win. They got the win. But at the end of the day, there is plenty of improvement that can be made. Browns ran the ball 33 times between Hunt and Chubb. So that was good. Um, but yeah, just so much left on that field. You know, anytime the Browns got the ball at the 40 or 50 yard line, we couldn't get points. Cybert couldn't hit a field goal. So that I know that's in the specials, but yeah, offensively, I'm going with a six. Come on in, stay focused, mate. Cybert's not part of the offense. But anyway, if you listen to this podcast, if you think Ian's crazy with a six or Paul's crazy with an eight, let us know. I'll be keen to know. But okay, defense. Oh, defense. I, honestly, I got to give it a Miles Garrett's crazy moment. Don't forget. Well, well we're going we're gonna to separate that out there. Because honestly, at the end of the day, listen, there's so many people talking about it now and everybody has their opinions. And I'll kind of give you a different opinion on it just as a lifelong Browns fan. But the defense, I'm giving a nine. I thought to date, best performance that they've had. Um, without a doubt, just a dominant performance. I know the Steelers' offense isn't very good. I had mentioned in you know, the other podcasts, that they struggle to put up points offensively. I said even then, if we don't turn the ball over, I don't know how they score. They don't have offensive touchdowns. And the only one they got this game was aided with 58 yards of penalties on an 87-yard drive. So they only managed 30 of their own yards. You know, But the only thing is the defense did commit a few penalties outside of that melee, which really made the penalty numbers just look ghastly. I mean, it was pretty bad when you ended up looking at the end of the day. Um, but it's just one of those things where the Browns defense set the tone. 
hat tip to, to Steve Wilkes. It's the end of the game. You're up 21-7, and you know what? Mason Rudolph, they're just blitzing him left and right. I mean, Ogunjobi gets a sack. Then Schober gets a sack. I mean, what a game for Joe Show. By the way, I am feasting on the Joe Crow Show or the Joe Show Crow today. I've said it for a few weeks that I didn't think Schobert was making plays. He comes out, sack, two interceptions. Just um, what a great game. I think probably the best game we've seen out of Schobert in a Browns uniform. So, Do you think it's just because he's playing out of his skin because of his contract, or he's just a great player? You know, last night I think that he took advantage of a quarterback that didn't know what the hell he was doing. I thought Mason Rudolph for the most of the time looked like a deer in headlights. He can't throw a deep ball. He misses on short intermediate passes. His, you know, down the field uh, passing is not exactly very good either. Um, but I think it was just a, you know, a great opportunity for Schobert to show he's going to be in the right place at the right time. And if your quarterback makes mistakes, he's there for you to, you know, to take it back. So I thought his interception that ended up getting that third touchdown was pretty much the straw that broke the camel's back. So how many interceptions was it? Four in the end? Four interceptions? Four interceptions, correct. The defense gets a solid nine as well, Ian. I agree on you. This they look great, and it just wasn't. The big names that turned up, the depth, you know, players were getting ejected and people standing up, injuries. Uh, Burnett started well. And, yeah, just seeing the, the, the depth of that team of the defence really excited me. Absolutely. I mean, you had guys, Morgan Burnett making plays in the first half. And, you know, I really hope that that's a strained Achilles and not a torn Achilles because, as you, you know, as we found out, the Browns' safeties right now are – Oh, we are, we are very thin. But Burris comes up late in the game with an interception, which was nice. Schobert, two picks. You know, it was, just, it was just a great game overall for the defense. So, hat tip to them. I didn't think the D-line was great, but I thought they were really good. Um, I thought they had pressure, and I really would have liked to have seen what that line was able to do with Olivier Vernon. But we will now not probably see Olivier Vernon and Miles Garrett on the field at one time versus the Steelers. <clears throat> one thing that's been kind of overshadowed, Randall got ejected as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. And Will he get suspended? I don't think so. The thing I actually didn't think, and Mike Pereira said it in game, I don't think Demarius Randall's hit was malicious. I think he was going to make a play. His head got in the way. I mean, I think the reason that they ejected him, honestly, was because of what happened to Deontay Johnson on the hit. I think if he'd have popped back up, they would not have thrown Randall out. But the fact that he laid there and bled from the ear, I think is probably the reason he got ejected. Special teams. Two, five. This is the wor worst game that the specialists have played. And the reason they got a five is because Cyber gets a one, but Hammer was just destroying a football. It was cold, but, you know, I didn't get one. I think he hit like a 60-yarder just effortlessly. So, a five for the specialists. I thought we had – you know, decent coverage. Um, I thought Tavier Thomas running out of bounds and not knowing how to down a ball. I did forget that was a rule, but my job as a gunner isn't to know the rules. So major mess up there by Tavier Thomas. I thought his return game was pretty good. Um, but overall, I think Mike Prefer is going to go back and have a lot to teach on that game because, you know, Cyber just kept getting his plant foot inside. Sniper was a little off today. Uh, he wasn't calculating the wind. I will say I do think that Freddie Kitchens did not do him any favors. I know it was third and 10 with seven seconds left in the third quarter. I think Freddie should have ran the ball or made sure it was a very easy pass play to guarantee completion. I would have liked to have seen that clock run out so Cybert knew he was kicking into the good end of the stadium. So I think Freddie needs to go back and take something there 
because that was a coaching mistake, cost us three points, or at least the possibility of a better chance at three points. So um, a little little fail on Freddie's part there. All right, cool. I think five's a, a fair fair point. Um, so here we go. Well, real quick, you want to talk about Antonio Callaway, who by far is the happiest man in the NFL. He gets cut, fails drug tests and all this, and then the brouhaha happens, and nobody asked Freddie Kitchens one question about Antonio Callaway. No, I, time for Higgins to step up. Callaway had his chances. I'm gutted because I really backed the pick. And Well, I know people want to kill Dorsey, but the guy has potential. You see what he can do with the ball in his hand. We saw it last year against the Texans. We saw it against, against the Saints. Yeah, and I, don't, I know he's a troubled young man, and I really, really, really hope he gets the help he needs. I mean, failing drug tests is one thing, and showing up late to meetings is another. I mean – you got to get better people in your corner. So, I've got a bit of a break in exclusive news. I heard that on Saturday he turned up wearing Ducks shoes to uh, – uh, sorry, it must have been Wednesday, the, the day before the game. He, he turned up wearing duck shoes at a walkthrough and, like, the players just look at him going, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, he um, – unfortunately, I think with a lot of these athletes, they get really ingrained in the one, two, three, look at me. And I think that the friends that are around them support that. And I say that about Antonio Brown, and I'll say it about Antonio Callaway, who ironically enough was mentored by Antonio Brown. You need friends who say that is a dumb idea. Do not do that. I mean, my buddies and I, you know, we love each other to death. I mean, we've been friends since seventh grade. But if some of my friends had jobs like they do and thought of this stuff, you're like, dude, come sleep at my house. I will drive you to the game. Yeah. Wear normal shoes. It's not about you. It's about the team, you dumbass. So I really hope he gets the help he needs. He was an extraordinary talent. It just unfortunately never came to fruition. All right, let's do it then. Miles Garrett, what's your 15-second statement official uh, view? Here's the thing, okay? And I know every media pundit out there has countless um, opinions on this. And it's harder as a Browns fan because, you know, obviously – Rachel was, oh, I sorry, I used her name, was texting me last night during this whole thing. And as a Browns fan, it, it did take away from the win. And, you know, we spoke with Miles Garrett a couple weeks ago. Right after he got sucker punched in the face, he laughed about it and went bowling, and it didn't bother him one bit. So it makes you think that there's something that was going on. And I am not making this, I don't have any accurate information on this but I have a funny feeling that the Steelers knew what was going on and I'm not saying that they intentionally baited him or thought that he was going to grab a helmet I don't think that that was ever the case but I do think that they got extra physical towards the end and they were trying to get the Browns to react and they did and the issue that Browns fans have for the last 20 years they've been the laughing stock of the NFL and We've watched Muhammad Massaqua. We've watched Josh Cribbs. We've watched Colt McCoy. We've watched the Steelers take out guys left and right. And, you know, I think it's one thing to defend Miles Garrett, and I'm not doing that at all. But I'm saying as a Browns fan that when you watch the game where Colt McCoy laid, knocked out on the field, and heard Steelers fans cheering for James Harrison to do that, that is why you have Browns fans – that are, don't have much sympathy for the fact that what Miles did. Because what Miles did was embarrassing. 
I mean, you're a Browns fan. You're watching the game. You are, you're winning the game, like Freddie said. What the hell are you doing? I mean, I get it. You lose your mind. And I just wish he'd have dropped the helmet. The only thing about it I bet Miles Garrett regrets is I wish I didn't swing the helmet and if he'd have swung a fist. Because we've seen guys throw punches. They get a game here and there. You know, at the end of the day, if Miles Garrett threw a punch, got suspended one game and missed the Dolphins game, nobody gives a shit. But the problem is, is you use the, the helmet as the weapon, the swing, which is why I don't see how he gets anything less than four games. I mean, Albert Hainsworth stomped on that one guy's head and got five games. The only difference is that guy did get 30 stitches in the head. Now, I think in Miles' case, I think he's very lucky that Mason Rudolph was not injured. And also, NFL, how does a quarterback get hit in the head with a helmet and not go through concussion protocol and come out for a meaningless snap on fourth down? I thought, I mean, that to me doesn't make any sense. How was he not out of the game in concussion protocol? I mean, we're going to talk about how, you know, a, in play, a, a hand brushes the head, and that has to go to concussion protocol. But a guy getting hit with his own helmet doesn't. So I think the NFL really has a mess to sort out. It was just embarrassing. You cannot defend Miles Garrett's action. I get it. Mason Rudolph was jawing at him and kicking him in the nuts and grabbing his face mask. You're winning the game. Laugh about it. Look at him, smile, go with the Pedro Serrano and point at the scoreboard. Like you cannot lose your shit like that. But the reason that Browns fans are acting like idiots is because legitimately for the last 20 years, we've been laughed at. We've been mocked. We've been made fun of. And now we have a guy who said, you know what? I'm not taking it anymore. And I'm not saying I would have done what he did. I have seen guys absolutely lose their shit in an athletic event, whether it was on a soccer field, whether it was on a baseball diamond, whether it was on a football field. Guys have the capability, when you play sports and you're at that level of emotion, the, the, the filament, the trigger for losing your mind is very thin. And I have no doubt that Miles came in there. He was probably so pissed off he did not get a sack. He was so close all night. He put on a clinic in the first half on, on Villanueva. He was just beating him left and right. It seemed like after every play, Garrett's shoulder pads were standing straight up. He was held so bad. And he was probably pissed off. He grabs Rudolph. He kind of does like a little roll where he's not really tackling him. He's just kind of laying on him. And then, you know, Mason grabs him and kicks him, and then it all escalates. But, you know, I think the reason the Browns fans are just they, – they have some – they're just really apathetic about it is because, like I said – They've just been mocked and laughed at for so long. They don't feel bad that one of their guys finally took a shot at one of the Steelers guys. My view on the situation is it should never happen. Um, like you said, with the, especially with hitting someone with a helmet. However, if you watch it from above, you can see that all the Browns players left, left him. Obviously, they didn't know what was going on. They went back to their bench. He's there isolated on a field of three people, battle of survival. You know, you've got three guys against you. You're not just going to – you can't just stand there and get attacked, you know, punched or, or or whatever happened. But, yeah, there was three people on him. There was no Browns players near him or coming towards him. Self – maybe self-defence. Okay, you shouldn't take your helmet off and you shouldn't swim with a helmet. But we all know what happens – when you're heated, in the heat of the moment, we all do stupid things. We've all been in fights in our lives. We all regret it afterwards. Miles Garrett definitely regrets it. He has to learn from this. 
Yeah. And I know that, you know, he did have the three guys. Unfortunately, that was after he hit him in the head. All right. But also, if, if, we're be, if, we're, if we're calling it for what it is, what Marquise Pouncey did was equally as bad. I mean, I get to throw in punches and stuff, but when you have a guy, and I, I think Miles even said it after the game, that DeCastro was trying to break it all up, even though I'm almost positive he threw some punches, but regardless. To kick a guy in the head while he's on the ground, Pouncey, and you can say in your postgame, oh, I blacked out. and I'm prote-. No. You, guess what? He's, all of those guys will be suspended a minimum of two games because they don't want any of those guys on the field for the Browns-Steelers game in two weeks. So uh, my guess is Garrett gets a six-figure fine at minimum four games. Like, it may be the rest of the season. He doesn't have a track record for this. Pouncey, probably two games. Ogunjobi, two games. I would say if Rudolph doesn't get suspended, he's going to get a fine. I mean, the NFL is going to send a message without a doubt. But if I'm the PR staff, get out there today, get ahead of this, you know, send Miles to a hospital so he can, you know, do some charity work and work with kids, you know, pay some money, have him come out. He, he, you can tell the guy feels bad. I mean, I get it. Our emotions got the best of him. But get ahead of it, and hopefully, you know, it does not define his career. But, you know, Browns fans defending it, just leave it alone. They're going to try to bait you. They're going to write articles. I mean, Mike Florio wrote an article comparing – you know, Colin Kaepernick to Miles Garrett. So the ridiculousness meter is off the charts. You know, so. Got two minutes left here. I'm going to give you my two little points. Number one is, this is the number one reason why you never leave a stadium till the game's over. Last six seconds, and this happened. So that's, you, a, that's Paul Dean's top tip. And never leave the thing. Never and, leave. The second, and the second thing is, whatever happened to Miles Garrett, it showed that the Browns got fire, aggression, passion, and... Yeah, we love it, you know. So, uh, at least we didn't lose to the Steelers. At least we're not sitting here going, where was the fire in our belly? We stood up to the Steelers. We won. Come on, the Browns. Absolutely buzzing. All right, use your last minute real quick. How was the stadium? I know I, t- I wanted you to check in. We had the, the 70-30 Bills fans. How was the stadium? 100%, well, 95% uh, Browns fans. The way I expected it against Buffalo Bills, to be fair. Obviously, if I'm an away fan, I need to get a ticket somewhere. So there was a few Steelers fans in there. But the Browns fans showed up. They respected Baker. They quiet. Everyone was making a few jokes when it was offense. And, uh, yeah, awesome. Awesome uh, buzzing feeling. The Buffalo game in the last few minutes was more electrified. That was a comeback. But, um, yeah, the atmosphere was uh, great throughout the game. Great that we took an early lead. And we maintained it all the way through the game. Well done, fans. Well done, Browns fans. And I know that you mentioned Baker. I'll, I'll take the last seconds. I thought the way Baker uh, Mayfield handled himself in the post game was fantastic. Um, I think it showed the type of leader he is. I don't think anybody's questioning him. But I don't think you're going to get the same media coverage on that as you do when Baker, you know, says mean things. So, you know, I think Baker earned the respect of a lot of guys in the locker room. I don't think it's going to have any down effect between him and Miles. So nice job, Baker. Way to handle the situation the best you could in a time that, you know, it's embarrassing, um, you know, for Browns fans. It's just it, it's it's a it's a tough situation. And I thought he handled it with a lot of class. So hat tip to you, Baker. Great game, great atmosphere, great trip to Cleveland. Great W. Ten and six trains alive. Hey, go out, beat Miami, and then, hey, that's three in a row. Nothing Brownsy against Dolphins. Please, I predicted a loss in this game at the start of the season. This is the game I thought 
if anything is going to go wrong, it's so predictable we're going to win. Brownsy are going to ruin it. But, mate, I've got to go to the airport. So, uh, Ian, where can we find your details? Ian19 on Twitter. Please check in when you get back to England so we made it back safe. Hopefully you enjoyed your week in Cleveland and you know we can have some sort of a video to recap the trip because it looks like you had one hell of a time in there. Awesome. Go Browns. Cleveland, thank you for everything. Perfect. I got to go fix a flat tire, so hopefully everybody else has a better Friday than I do. <laughs> I'll take the uh, I'll take all the all the problems that are going to happen to me today. So uh, go Browns.